the trade deadline, the Pelicans traded for Josh Richardson. Seems like a nothing move, but there's a whole lot more to this trade than meets the eye, and it's anything but inconsequential. Let's break it down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Friday, day after the NBA's trade deadline, and what a day it was. He got off soon after I recorded yesterday's episode of Lockdown Pelicans with a freaking Kevin Durant trade. And the Pelicans made a move, not the one that really anyone was hoping for, for Josh Richardson. So what does that mean for the team? Why? What's the rationale behind this move? You know, what does it mean for the team going forward? Because this is a long-term move. And then also, like, how, do, how does the player actually fit into the team since he's going to be on the roster and getting minutes? We're going to break it all down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, completely free. No one else coming to you like this breaking down everything you want. And if you've been listening, by the way, to the show for the past like month and a half, kind of called something like this happening, didn't I? With the luxury tax concerns and things like that for the Pelicans. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Rocket Money. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash NBA. So let's get into the move. The Pelicans sent out Devontae Graham Four first, uh, four, oof, four second round picks, not four first round picks, that would be bad, um, in exchange for Josh Richardson from the San Antonio Spurs. So what was the rationale behind what appears to be a fairly inconsequential move? And we'll get into Josh Richardson as a player in the third segment, because this move wasn't really about him. This move was a salary dump. It was about saving money. It's a non-competitive move this season. You get maybe marginally better on the court, at best. But this saves money against the luxury tax next season. You go from being about $7 million into the tax to $6 million under. In all honesty, that's a swing right now, and this will change, of about $20 to $25 million for the Pelicans. On the surface, a cost-saving move, a salary dump, sucks. Sucks. Other teams in the West are getting significantly better. The Suns traded for Kevin Durant. The Mavs got Kyrie Irving. The Lakers had two deals that I thought improved them a good bit, and I talked about the Russell Westbrook trade in yesterday's show. The Clippers made moves. And to be fair to the Pelicans, they tried. They called about OG Ananobi a lot, but that deal died a couple of days ago when the Raptors were just asking too much and kind of pivoting towards being competitive. Keep him, get get Jakob Pertl, center that I think fits really well, and dr- go and try and get into the postseason and see what you can do. They needed a center. They got a center. You're not going to trade OG Ananobi or even Gary Trent Jr. unless a team completely blows you away. And at that point, they were asking for way too much. I can tell you they asked about Bridges who went to the Nets in that Kevin Durant trade, but were shot down and the Nets didn't end up trading him. So the Pelicans were left with very few options to really significantly 
upgrade the team in a very truly meaningful way that doesn't destroy their salary cap, their salary tax, things like that, all of that. But who really cares about Gail Benson's bank account, right? I don't. Spend all of the money, go into the tax every year. But that's not realistic for how the team operates. And that's why I've been talking to y'all about this for about a month or so, right? This is not something new to you or this shouldn't have been unexpected. There's a marching band going right outside my house right now. So maybe this gets picked up right now. Uh, So this shouldn't be a surprise to you. You've been listening to the show for an extended period of time. You know, you have to look beyond this season for the Pelicans and what they're trying to accomplish. And that's what this move was about. It's about long term. It's not just about saving the 20 to 25 million on a swing like that, right? It's about long term planning, keeping the window wide open to be competitive. It also might tell you, and I don't know the answer to this question yet, I'm going to pose it to you in the next segment of how do the Pelicans feel about this team? How do you feel about the current team right now? What is their ceiling? And if they think it's high, they're going to go for it. Maybe if the ceiling's not that high and they don't think they're a true title contender, well, if the Suns just traded for Kevin Durant, why, why are you trying to compete with that if you don't think you're anywhere close to that level? You know, Gary Trent Jr., that wouldn't put you on the level of the Suns with Kevin Durant necessarily. Maybe you do think that. But I think this does give you an idea of where the Pelicans view themselves in the hierarchy of the West. It's also, at the same time, not the greatest greatest asset management. Well, I think it's important to look long-term. You traded a first for uh, Devontae Graham. Now you're trading four seconds to move off of Devontae Graham. I don't think it's five draft picks. I don't think seconds matter that much. They have one specific use though. And that's where you protect a first round pick, call it lottery protected, top 14 protected, that if it doesn't turn into a lottery pick, it converts to two seconds instead. And it doesn't change to another first-round pick. It just changes to two second-round picks or something like that. Well, the Pelicans only have one second-round pick to trade for the foreseeable future, so they can't protect a future pick with something like that, at least right now. That's not an ideal situation to be in. So it does impact things like pick protections as well. So this is a rough pill to swallow if you think the Pelicans were like, we're going to spend. They very clearly showed you, at least right now, The answer to that is no, and that's kind of a sobering moment, I think. But this does mean a lot and is really important for the Pelicans in the long term. Let's look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you know how much your subscription costs? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. And if you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought to watch one show on, that free trial you never used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscription so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Simply find the subscriptions you don't want and you press cancel. 
and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more hold times on the phone, tedious emails back and forth. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as one click of a button. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. That's a lot of money. Stop throwing away your money. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba. Rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here breaking down everything you want to know about the team. I've been talking a lot about the luxury tax, the salary cap, and how that was a concern for New Orleans. And you saw that concern on full display at the NBA's trade deadline with them not making even a, like a, a medium-level move, a mid-tier move. I don't necessarily see Josh Richardson as a significant upgrade at all. And at best, it's an incremental marginal one. That's not ideal for a team that had really high hopes this season, but it does matter for them long term. And so that's the type of insight you come to Locked On Pelicans for, and it's why you should subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube and tell a friend about the show. I still believe in this team, and I think they're going to do really well after the All-Star break. So they saved money to not go into the tax right now. They're projected to be under it by my calculations, around $6 million. That's There's some other things that'll change that number. They can still go into the tax next season. They just won't do it for a guy like Devontae Graham, who's not significantly helping you. So they still have the ability to go into that. When you look at this, it adds a lot more flexibility to really change the roster and do more significant turnover than you had at this trade deadline. Jackson Hayes is not going to... Richardson's going to walk after this year. You get him for two months and he's gone. Jackson Hayes is not going to be re-signed. Billy Hernan Gomez is likely going to get moved. And Garrett Temple is either going to get moved or retires or something like that. That's three, four roster spots all of a sudden open. That is not what they had this past offseason. They didn't have one. Or they had one for their draft pick, which turned out to be Dyson Daniels. And I think we all like that. Okay. They have, say, four roster spots open. One of those will be filled by the first-round pick, either theirs or the Lakers, That's get, that gets used. I would assume the other one, by the way, is going to be on EJ Liddell. Don't forget about him. That's a guy they were really high on that they were going to try and make room to sign and put him on the regular season roster. And then you have two more spots, either to make a trade or to spend your mid-level exception on. They'll still have that. You have... The ability to still upgrade this roster and go into the tax for the right roster. I also think New Orleans, when looking at trades they would have needed to have made over the offseason, trying to move Devontae Graham then, might have cost them a whole lot more when teams were looking at that and be like, oh, they got to trade this guy to just get under the tax or to sign someone else they want to sign. You lose leverage, you might have to include a first-round pick to just send him out then instead of four second-round picks, which are significantly less valuable. So making this move now, kind of preempting a worse situation this offseason, isn't a bad thing to do. This move also, as you've heard me say this before, helps you re-sign your own guys in the future. Herb Jones has a team option for next year, but they can re-sign him. Pretty much the same thing for Najee Marshall. You're going to eventually need to give Trey Murphy a new contract. This move makes it more likely to retain those guys. It also then likely means that you can keep your window of contention open longer. This move signals maybe that the Pelicans don't think they were true title contenders this year or they're just dealing with injuries and that's that, right? I think the expectations had to have changed. The season's been derailed. It's been a disappointment, 
but they can still get into the postseason and be fine, but it's not like it once was. And after the Suns make a nuclear move like Kevin Durant, it's probably the smart thing to do is take a step back, still be competitive this year. You're not going to tank or do anything like that. Have, have your fun in the postseason and look towards the future. If you want to be a true title contender four years from now, you still have the ability to do that. If you made a move for OG Ananobi today, you weren't going to be a true title contender in four years. You're going to dismantle the team before that. As I've been saying, there's no reason to think that Gail Benson will pay the luxury tax or at least pay it a lot. So delay that as long as you can. To be in the repeater tax, you need to be in there three out of four years. There's the ability for New Orleans to duck it if they need to. But the other thing is it's tiered. For the first $5 million, you're not paying as much tax as you are for the five to next 5 to $10 million. And with the Pelicans at being at least $7 million over, and if they traded Jackson Hayes and brought back equal money for Jackson Hayes, they were looking at being $14 million plus in the luxury tax. That's not just dollar for dollar at any point. It, it starts to go significantly higher and ramp up and scale up. That's not what you want to do. It's one thing to be like, okay, we're $2 million over and that's that. It's a very different thing when you're $14 million over. That equates to like 30-something million that you're saving by making a move like this and by not trading Jackson Hayes. So while it's them being cheap, it's also understanding the situation that you're in that this isn't a Steve Ballmer level owner and you've got some limitations with the things that you can do. It sucks. It's a sobering moment, I think. But it's realistic and that's why we talk about it here. They should. I think every owner should spend all of the money and all of the tax, but that's not a realistic thing. But if you want to keep Trey Murphy and build a sustainable winning culture or whatever, you need to manage that. And from that perspective, the Pelicans did a really good job of that. It burns that you have to use four second round picks to move off of a guy like that to be able to do that. But sometimes you just have to undo mistakes you made early on. And Griff, for the most part, has done a very good job since basically that summer of the Lonzo Ball trade and the Devontae Graham signing trade as well. So that's kind of where they stand, and that's really the rationale behind this decision. Are you okay with them not making a move at this trade deadline if it means they retain Herb Jones and Trey Murphy and or Najee Marshall in there too? I am. I still think this team is very good. Is this team a true title contender? And this is the question I wanted to pose to you. What do you think their ceiling is? What do you think their ceiling is? You know, does New Orleans need to make a move if their front office thinks they're a title contender right now when fully healthy, always with that asterisk on it? No, just roll in with the guys you got and also manage your salary cap. That's a good thing. That's a smart thing. Don't overpay for things you don't need. Just good life advice, probably, I guess. Um, And that's maybe what the Pelicans were doing. Maybe they think they're truly competitive and we're good. We trust our roster. They'll say it is that. They'll say it is that even if that's not actually what they think. And I don't think they truly think that. But it's worth keeping that in mind too. Maybe this team is actually just still really good. Still really good. They can beat the Denver Nuggets in a playoff series. I have no doubt about that when fully healthy. Suns are going to be harder now with Kevin Durant, but I still think they could do that. Don't forget this Pelicans team smashed a fully healthy Brooklyn Nets team in the opening game of the regular season. There's something here. And wanting to roll with that some more, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. And wanting to keep that group as much as possible, as long as possible, I should say, I don't think it's a bad thing either. And that was really a lot of the motivation behind, I think, the lack of a bigger move than this and why you were spending assets to dump money and save some money. Worth keeping all of that in mind too. Still not an easy pill to swallow, I think, here in New Orleans when maybe you were hoping for bigger and better things, but it's the reality of the situation. 
But what about Josh Richardson? I almost feel kind of like disrespectful, right? This is a, a fine person. No, no shot at him. It's just this trade wasn't about him, but he's going to be a player on the roster, likely for just two months. God, four first, four second round picks for a two month rental isn't like the the best thing that any team has ever done. So let's look at him as a player, where he fits in, what will his minutes be, what will his role be. Let's talk about him as a player and how it affects the Pelicans on the court. Coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download the FanDuel app now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if you're first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. I took other on the shot that LeBron was going to take the points he was going to score to set the all-time scoring mark. Won that one. I've also got some money on the Gatorade bath for the winning head coach in the Super Bowl. Taking orange here. It's kind of fun to do those type of things. The FanDuel app is free, safe, and secure. It's super easy to use, which is the best part of it. And best of all, you can also get your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down all of the biggest stories around the Pelicans and the NBA too. If you want more on the NBA, go check out Locked On NBA. I'm on there every Wednesday, broke down LeBron and the scoring record. They're going to be breaking down all of the biggest deals. If you just need some more context around the league, go make sure that is your second listen. Also, if you can catch it from last night, it was on Fox 8, the final bet, talking all things NBA Pelicans at the trade deadline in studio. That was a lot of fun as well. And today we are talking about the Pelicans trade, bringing in Josh Richardson, sending out Devontae Graham and four second round picks. I didn't flub it there and say first round picks. I'm proud of myself. So we went over why they made the move. It's a salary dump. It's thinking long term, which is honestly the smart thing. It's, it's unsexy. It's unfun. It feels cheap, but I don't actually think it's cheap because I think they're just going to use the savings eventually to pay other guys. So it's cheap today. It's not necessarily cheap long-term. I think that's really important to factor into all of this as well. But what about Josh Richardson as the, as a player? You know, he's a guy that seems like Willie Green would love him. And look, the Pelicans are a better roster today than they were yesterday. Not by much. Might be very, very little, but they are. So what does Josh Richardson bring to the team that they didn't really get in Devontae Graham? And by the way, on Devontae Graham, y'all know I haven't been the biggest fan of his as a player, but he has been a consummate professional. He's been a very good locker room presence for New Orleans, has filled a variety of roles, never complained. You've got to appreciate a guy like that. And actually, I thought he was pretty good this year and better than we were really expecting defensively from him. Gave his all, just didn't end up working out in the way that he and probably the team would have hoped. So best of luck to him in San Antonio. Like that's a dude that I will root for, even if I'm like, okay, it's time. So Josh Richardson, going to be a 29-year-old they're bringing in, six foot five, plays on the wing, shooting guard, small forward. That's more of a defensive first guy. You know, he adds some size in the backcourt if they play him at the two-guard that they were lacking with Devontae Graham. We've seen the short backcourt, right? Jose Alvarado and 
Devontae Graham or Devontae Graham and CJ. And like that hasn't worked. They need more size there. Six foot five with a six ten, six eleven wingspan definitely kind of fills that role. Good athleticism too. That's it, right? He's not an elite defender. He's a fine defender. He'll fit in on that side of the ball for the Pelicans, no problem. This is also a guy that at times can score. He's a career 36.4% shooter from deep. Not amazing. It's not bad. Who's averaging 11.5 points per game this season. Doesn't get to the line particularly well, but does make his free throws. We'll give you a couple rebounds. We'll move the ball. He isn't a black hole offensively where the ball hits his hands and doesn't leave. That's a useful player to have. Will he play is a big question. You know, he's averaging almost 25 minutes per game in San Antonio this year. I think his role is going to step back certainly here. Is he going to play over Kyra Lewis Jr.? I don't know. Devontae Graham's been out of the rotation for the past week or so. Is that more because New Orleans was planning on trading him? And if he was still on the team after the trade deadline, he'd be getting minutes again. Was it that Kyra Lewis Jr. had supplanted him? We'll kind of find out pretty soon. You know, eventually, is it going to be Josh Richardson playing over Kyra Lewis Jr.? That's kind of the battle in question, even though they're different positions really there. Is Josh Richardson going to eat into some of Dyson Daniels' minutes, right? They don't really play him at point guard, play him more on the wing at times, I think. And is that going to be a guy that Willie Green trusts more than the rookie? Does he eat into Trey Murphy's minutes? Because I really hope that's not the case. Those are the type of questions that we now have about this. This is a guy they'll be able to rely on. It's a little bit more depth that's going to probably be a little bit more consistent. And if anything, if he's not doing well offensively, he's going to give you defense. You take that. He'll give you a little bit of rebounding, a couple of assists. That's a useful player. But this isn't a significant piece. He's not going to be closing games for New Orleans, or he shouldn't be closing games for New Orleans. And then we're really going to have to have a talk, Coach Green. And... This was a salary dump. I kind of feel bad for Josh Richardson that he's kind of, an, in, in my opinion, an afterthought in this, even though that's the guy they, they moved for. But he'll be a useful player. You know, you can kind of see him as James Johnson for the Pels the, a couple of years ago. But ultimately, I don't think it's going to matter that much to the team. But I'm excited to see him out there. They are better than they were a day ago. And when you're making deals, when you're trying to improve your roster... That's a good first step, even if it's not like a very big step at all. He'll play with the second unit. You'll see him out there when they want some defense and maybe need a little bit of shooting. He's, I got to dive into his stats, his film a little bit more on some of those numbers, and I'll share them with you early next week because I've got a show planned for probably Monday or Tuesday when I want to kind of look at burning questions for the Pelicans later in the season, and he very much might fit into all of that as well. So there you go. What do you think about the trade? What do you think about Josh Richardson as a player? Is this a, a significant upgrade for New Orleans? Are you upset that they were kind of being cheap in the short term, but maybe not cheap in the long term? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be up with y'all late in the Smoothie King Center, 9 p.m. tip-off. We'll recap it on Monday, and I'll see y'all then.